Our next guest on the Irish NFL Show, Thanksgiving special, three big games tomorrow night. We're delighted to have Thomas Morstead, a punter previously of the New Orleans Saints for a long period, Super Bowl champion, and most recently a guy that played in Tottenham last month for the Jets, Thomas Morstead. Thomas, a very, very warm welcome to the Irish NFL Show. Thanks for having me. Thomas, I know you've said on Jeff Reinbold's show multiple times now, but you know we ask every guest this. Do you have any Irish heritage? I, I know you've got family in England. No, I don't have any, or not that I know of. Uh, we've got um, my family's in England in uh, northeast Lincolnshire, um, kind of close to Grimsby Town. And um, we've got a family tree on my mom's side going back, you know, at least to the, I want to say the last tree I saw was down to the 1600s at some point uh, from some of that lineage. So, uh, and then my dad's side's a little bit from, uh, different places so no Irish as far as I know that's a that's a decent uh, family tree going back that's up there with the redwoods in California Thomas I think um, but uh, we are delighted to have you on and we we love stories in Ireland we're a nation of storytellers and your NFL career that started like a fairy tale your rookie season you go to the Super Bowl and look obviously ambush and just could you talk us through a little bit about like going into the league and about the Super Bowl and, and that play? I, I know I've read about it, but I know our viewers would be interested in hearing it from from the man himself. Sure. Um, well, look, I went I won one game my junior year of college and one game my senior year of college. And then uh, I get drafted by the Saints and we go three and out to start the preseason. I said, well, that was that's pretty this is pretty good. And uh and we started off the regular season 13 and 0 that year. And it was um, a fairy tale. You know, it's hard to <clears throat> appreciate how good something is when you, when you don't know any better. Um, but it was kind of like, you know, cheers. You know, we did the same thing every week and it was good every week. And after we won, we went to the same bar every week and that was good every week. And uh, it just never got old. And uh, we kind of took on the personality of the area, the city, and New Orleans likes to party. And so, you know, I think the way it is now is you wouldn't see that as much anymore. Guys are, um, you know, everything is taken into account, rest, recovery, um, nutrition. And, uh, and we partied after every game and we, you know, we were out on Monday nights and Friday nights and, but we did it with the city and it was really a special time. Um, and then as far as the, uh, the onside kick ambush, that was really, uh, you know, I don't remember actually the, doing the kick. Like I, I remember before it and after it. And um, obviously I've seen it on, on film, you know, hundreds of times, but you know, it was, it was an awesome thing to do. Um, thank goodness it worked out. Um, it was a huge risk, but, uh, statistically it wasn't a huge risk. You know, uh, we needed to gain a possession. And at the time with the rules at the time, getting an onside kick, that was a surprise was about a 65% chance of getting it back. So it was actually a very calculated risk, um, that the odds were in our favor. And, um, it was a little more interesting than we thought it would be. It was a long pile up for the ball and uh, thank God for Chris Reese and Jonathan Casillas 
um, making the play to get the ball. And obviously we went down and had a huge drive to score, to take the lead. And we kind of just knew at that point that we weren't going to be denied. And, uh, you know, how to describe the actual going into it. I was, uh, quite panicked and, uh, you know, I'd never kicked off until my rookie year and I'd never done a surprise onside kick until that game. And I uh, had a lot of negative thoughts when coach said we were actually going to run it at halftime. And, uh, I'm glad halftime was 30 minutes long. I had a chance to, you know, had a, a chance to give myself a little, uh, psychological exam and, you know, get all my negative thoughts out. And, uh, and by the time I got ready to go out for half, I, I just remember reminding myself of how I'd hit it in practice every time. And that, you know, coach wouldn't be calling on me to do this if he didn't think we were going to, if I wasn't going to execute it. And I kind of was in a good mind space when we went out and did it. So glad it worked out. I've certainly hung on to that. You know, there's no more pressure feeling that I've ever felt in my career than that moment. And I, and, and in times as a specialist, when you're not as confident as you'd like to be, um, you can kind of go back and draw on that say, Hey, you know, I've got the goods. I can, um, you know, there's no pressure that I can't stand up to and just be able to kind of, sometimes you got to unrationally talk yourself into things to, to feel at your best. And so that's been helpful for my whole career. Thomas, you touched on your career. So many great years with the Saints, a long established career, I suppose. Um, is there any unique stories outside of the Super Bowl you could tell us in particular around Sean Payton, his style of coaching, good or bad? Well, um, I mean, I guess I could say, you know, one thing that is impressive about coach, uh, it doesn't mean you like it as a player, but, you know, it's kind of like he's kind of a master psychologist, if you will. Um, he knows how to push buttons of different players and he knows how to get the best out of players and, you know, certain players he's, he's easier on than others. And um, it took me a few years to figure out that, you know, uh, sometimes when you get cussed out on the sideline, um, he knows you can handle that. And sometimes he thinks that's what you need to kind of get your ass moving a little bit. So, um, you know, I just, I remember uh, the, one of the proudest punts of my career was my rookie year in the NFC championship game. It was 28 to 28. And uh, we were punting with two and a half minutes left to Brett Favre and the Vikings. And they had just moved the ball on us the whole game. Um, and he grabbed me by the shoulder pads as I ran out on the field. I'm a rookie, mind you. And he turned me around. And he said, give me some effing hang time in a very demonstrative way. And I remember kind of being like, F that. Like, if I hit a short hang time punt here, like, they're going to be at midfield already. And so I just remember feeling like I need to hit my best ball here. And I certainly did. And we covered it. I think we had a, it was a 58-yard punt with a 53-yard net. And they got, you know, this close to being in field goal range and uh, they didn't. And um, we ended up, they ended up passing on that last play and Tracy Porter made the interception, went to overtime, won the game. So that was my, uh, that's a one of uh, many, many times where coaches gotten after me in a different way. Um, but he's, he's just a, he's a great psychologist of understanding what players, what motivates players. And uh, he knows how to push the right buttons. 
Thomas, you uh, met, we, we actually spoke to Danny Woodhead, who told stories about Tom Brady chugging beers. And now with the, the story of the 13 no Saints that year, we're imagining Drew Brees, Marcus Colston, all those guys uh, enjoying themselves after, after the games. And certainly you mentioned in Coach Payton and, you know, his passion. If I remember correctly, in that 09 season, he slept with the Super Bowl trophy after you won the Super Bowl uh, that, that night. So uh, he probably had a good night that night, a bit of a party as well, I'm sure. Yeah, he, he um, fell asleep. He fell asleep on the plane ride back after our party with it in his lap on the plane. I know that's, a, a, that's an image I have ingrained in my mind for sure. And, and Thomas, I hate to bring you to the downside of things, but you mentioned it was like a fairy tale that first season. You mentioned a great experience against Minnesota, obviously, in that, that famous NFC Championship game against Brett Favre. You then obviously had a number of years with the Saints where you never got to reach that promised land again, despite having a very talented roster, constantly being a playoff team, being a really strong team, great coach, great quarterback, great overall team uh, generally. And one game that stands out, probably for the wrong reasons, of course, but for neutral fans would, of course, be the Minnesota Miracle. Um, and in many respects, you stand out to me in that game because, if I remember correctly, you got injured even in the, the, during that game, making a tackle, but then the infamous touchdown occurs, and under the rules that existed at the time, which have now been changed, they still had to attempt the PAT or a two-point conversion. And the Saints were back in the locker room. And you, along with only nine people, if I remember correctly, came back on the field to de facto defend that extra point. I'm just wondering... You know, what drives you in that moment to kind of be that leader, almost the first one back on the field of saying, okay, the last place you want to go is back out on that field. You did. Yeah, look, um, I'll, I'll just take you through to kind of answer that. So I remember when it happened. Um, so I'll, I go even further back. Will Lutz hit a great kick to put us up with like 25 seconds. We thought the game was over. I say we, and I remember somebody coming over to dap me up and I've lost at the last second before when we thought we had it in the bag and I refused, I refused the congratulations. I said, Hey, hit me when it says zeros on the clock. And then lo and behold, they end up with the miracle play. And uh, at the time I was aware of the, of the, the mandate to run that conversion. And so, you know, I'm hanging out on the field wondering when are they going to, they're going to do this. I know they're not going to let us walk off. So, um, and then I realized at some point there's no one left on the field. I'm here. And I said, well, maybe they're not. So I kind of started back to the locker room and um, I was kind of soaking it in. I think at, at that point, you know, you play long enough, you um, as crushing as it is, you kind of soak in whatever it is that's happening because it's just no guarantee that you'll ever get to experience it again. So I remember kind of, if you, I know this sounds crazy, kind of soaking in just the Vikings, you know, the celebration, the crowd going crazy and just the experience of it all. And I walked in and right as I got to the locker room, the referees were running out saying we need 11. And so I knew that they were not letting it go. And I remember looking in the locker room and it looked like half the guys were in there towels already ready to like shower and I knew that there were a bunch of guys that were just you know they were the game was over and so I just I didn't even think twice about it I mean you know I, I didn't do it for any sort of notoriety or anything like that but I was literally the last person that came in the locker room they needed 11 so I just ran back out and that was 
that was it. Um, you know, I didn't think it would, I didn't think it would turn into what it did. Um, and I just went out there and, you know, I know Case Keenum and, um, so I'm running out and he's sitting there doing this, you know, the Viking, the big Viking, uh, chant with the crowd. And, uh, he just said, Hey Thomas, we're going to take a knee. And I said, you better. Cause you know, I'm not exactly, uh, you know, a top tier defensive lineman here. So, um, anyways, yeah, I just got out there and I think we had eight guys that came out and, um, you know, I'm glad they changed that rule because there's no, there's really no reason to run the play. So we've just uh, we we've got another question. It's just uh, Thomas. That's okay. I, I'm I'm going to try and focus sure. on what's on tomorrow night's uh, Saints playing the Bills. Now you actually played. Well, the Saints played their first Thanksgiving game. Correct me if I'm wrong. The year after you were drafted by the Saints, uh, what's yes. it like? Obviously, being a family man involved in the league, getting to spend Thanksgiving with your family, and then actually having to go and play a game on Thanksgiving. Did you enjoy it? I mean, is, is it that sort of one-off atmosphere or do you prefer maybe sitting watching a few games like the Lions? Look, I think, you you know, look, I'm an optimist by nature, I think. And so, um, you know, you, you take the good of, uh, of what is in whatever the situation is, right? If, if we're, if we happen to play a game that's on, you know, a short week that happens to be on Thanksgiving, it's like, Hey, you know that all your friends and family are going to get to watch you play. And I'm going to have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off following Thanksgiving to hang with my family at home, you know? So um, sometimes when people say, Oh, that's crummy. You have to plan Christmas day or something like that. Well, you know, sometimes it, it actually is better if it's on a kind of a, not a Sunday because you may get a little extra time that you wouldn't have otherwise. Um, and so um, I, I always look forward to playing on a night game because that means you're on national TV and generally the atmosphere, no matter if you're playing at home or away, is just going to be a different level, you know, kind of more of a playoff feel. And again, you go back to how many times am I going to get to do this? It's a, it's a great experience. And um, so I always look forward to that. Thomas, um, I suppose with the, the Saints, they, you know, you, um, you know, you, you obviously had a special connection with the city, but when you left, I saw many pieces talking about how you were more than just a player. And obviously it was an enormous offseason because Drew Brees and another guy who meant so much to the, to the city moved on as well. Um, you, you both phenomenal players for the Saints, both did incredible charity work through your, your foundations. And you mentioned earlier about what, what uh, you didn't know what, what would become of going back out onto the field. And obviously the Vikings fans were so impressed. They made that contribution to your foundation. But I'm wondering, could you talk to us a little bit, I suppose, about what it was like playing with somebody like uh, Drew Brees, this kind of legendary quarterback? Well, I don't know if this episode's long enough to answer that question, but, um, you know, I think anybody that played on our team uh, for the time with Drew is indebted to Drew. Um, he provided a great example. You know, I came in, I think his, his ninth year was my rookie year. And so, you know, I got kind of the physical top notch part of his career as a young player. and. Uh, as he continued to age and get more experience, I got a front row seat in what it takes to play at the highest level 
um, as you maybe start to physically not have some of the tools. And I'm very grateful to Drew um, for that. Um, and I think if you asked a lot of players that hung around and were smart enough to look around and, you know, observe somebody that's just having the highest level of success. Um, I think a lot of players would say that, um, that they're very grateful for Drew's example in that way. Um, and I would say, you know, look, I don't, I don't generally have a lot of physical contact in games being a specialist, but for the most, for most guys, really they're laying it on the line physically every week. And I think that's hard to do when deep down, you don't think you have a chance to win week in and week out. And I think when you had Drew as your quarterback, you just knew that you could win every game. And not only that, on the short term, you knew that you had a chance to get to the playoffs and you had a chance to maybe make a Super Bowl every year. And I think that lends itself to team success because guys are more willing to lay it on the line because they do know they have a legitimate shot and they know how, how precious that opportunity is. And so there's more value brought than just him and his, what he does. It's, that's, there's a lot of different ways that, that leaders like him raise the ceiling for everybody else. But, um, you know, I think there's that. And I think all of the support staff, coaches, uh, people in the building, you know, there's lots of turnover in the league with staffs and firings and new hires. And he just, because of him and Coach Payton and Mickey, I mean, they provided a stable environment that everybody, if you did your job and you were reasonable and you really wanted to stick around and you weren't trying to just take every dollar you could, they provided a, an opportunity for, for not only players, but staff and people to have stable lives and, and to be a part of that uh, kind of community. And um, look, I got 12 years in and one team and I was, I've been the highest paid player in the league for the past decade. I mean, you know, I can't be more thankful for the entire experience. And, and I do attribute some of that to Drew. Thomas, every season we have, I suppose, shocking results. But the past couple of weeks in particular, we've had numerous results that have kind of gone against the trend. What have you made of this season to, so far? It seems like it's for probably the fourth time in a long time, it's quite an open season in terms of who could potentially come out of the AFC and NFC. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's... Uh, I think the parity is just awesome for the league. And I think deep down, if, you know, I know you guys operate under some different sports systems uh, over there and shoot, we do over here as well. Uh, but man, any sports system that has parity in it is so good for the, it's so good for the league. The viewership's great and it grows the game because it's the same teams not winning every week. And um uh, so I, I think it's fantastic, and I hope that that continues um, because the more teams that are in it as the season goes, the more that's on the line for more teams, more fans are watching. It's just good for the game. And so um, another reason to – I know there's pro betting, you know, just going crazy right now in the U.S. Uh, man, that's a scary business to be in. If you're, if, <laughs> if you, as soon as you think you got it figured out, you're wrong. You know, so um, it's it's. I'm sure there's been a lot of roller coaster rides for a lot of fans that are bet new to the betting scene. I don't know if you saw it last weekend. Some uh, some guy in in Vegas had 250k on the Chiefs minus two and a half points. 
Wow. Hey, I, I, I see stuff like that on social media every week with somebody had this, it'll be either somebody that thought they had a shoe in on something for a lot of money or somebody that placed it, you know, a $5 bet on some ridiculous parlay that hit. And um, so, you know, it's like all the other things like that. All you hear about is the, the big losses and the, and the most of unlikely wins. Um, so, but it is kind of interesting to keep, keep an eye on. Yeah. I mean, we haven't had the same restrictions on gambling on sports in, in Europe or in Ireland. So we, we know the, the joys and the pains of that all too well, Thomas, especially the, the losses, I would say. Um, yep. but, but very quickly, Thomas, I mean, look, you're still a young man, obviously you had a, a small period of time with the Jets this, 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 this time uh, earlier on this year. You know, your playing career, I wouldn't say, is, is done necessarily. I'm sure the desire is still there. But you're definitely towards the end of your career. And I suppose I'm curious, like, what does the future hold? I mean, if I think of special teams, special teams coaches have been NFL head coaches, Joe Judge, Bill Belichick, John Harbaugh, your, your old long-term special teams coach, Greg McMahon's obviously still active with LSU. Um, or do you want to be a, a media darling and superstar like another punter uh, in Pat McAfee? Um, wow, that's a lot of different ways I could go here. Um, so, uh, I do not want to be Pat McAfee. Um, I'm very happy for his success. The guy works his ass off. Um, he's incredibly talented and very, very intelligent. And, um, he will be wildly, wildly successful for the rest of his life. Whatever he's doing, he goes all in. Um, and I'm very happy for him. You know, uh, I think I would be a good coach at some point. Um, you know, I'm probably in that ballpark of people that says there's no way I'm ever coaching. Uh, currently, uh, the amount of time these guys spend away from their families, um, I don't think is something that I would be willing to do. And, um, so I'm not sure what I'll end up doing. Um, you know, I'm definitely starting to experience a little bit of ageism, uh, in the league. Um, you know, I've, I've been the second most productive punter, uh, via punt runs, um, this season in my, in my stint with the jets. And, um, I'm going to continue to stay ready. I feel good physically. I, I definitely had a drop off last year, um, had an injury and an eye issue that have both been, uh, remedied, but, um, I feel like I was hitting on all cylinders up in New York, um, and, you know, it, it was a great experience for me. It was healing in a way to go up and validate to myself that I'm, you know, I can still do this at a very, very high level. And, um, uh, and they were great to me. They communicated the whole time that, Hey, this is a fill in for Braden man and Braden and I are buddies. Um, and so, um, you know, there was no hard feelings getting released. I knew it was coming. And in fact, I got twice as long as I thought I was going to get, um, so I think they were excited to have me doing so well and, you know, shown some leadership in the, in the, in a very young locker room that they have up there. Thomas, you're a gentleman and we, we wish you all the very, very best over the next few weeks and months and the future. And hopefully I'm look, I'm sure it'll all work out. It'll be, it'll, it'll be good to see you hopefully maybe get back in the field again uh, next season. Final question for me very quickly. What was it like playing on, like play, playing at Tottenham? Did you enjoy it? I mean, for us sitting in the, in the stands, the, the stadium's crazy, and the Jets fans really brought it in that game. The, the The atmosphere was crazy. Yeah, look, I I think I've experienced Jets and Giants enough to, you know, the Jets fans have a little more blue collar nature to them, and they are uh, 
I just, there's a lot that they, I've experienced it already playing up there in New Jersey. I mean, it was loud in the games that we were in and they are all about it. So uh, it was very cool to play for that fan base. Um, and look, I, I certainly have a unique relationship with going over there with my family being over there. My parents live in London and um, you know, the, the opportunity to play in London in front of my family, which what I thought was going to be my last game with the jets and uh, against the Falcons was like, you can't write that script any better, you know? So uh, unfortunately we didn't get it done, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I always love visiting over there. I'll have to come visit you guys. I'll be in, my wife and I will be in Ireland next summer. So maybe we'll link up and do something. Uh, we're coming over for a wedding and I think we're going to come spend a, a good amount of time um, over there visiting my family in England, as well as being in Ireland. So we'll have to link up. Absolutely, we'd be delighted to to welcome you and uh, and your family. And Th Thomas, you're you're wondering about what the future holds. Maybe you'll follow Philip Rivers' route and uh, go into high school coaching. I, I know he wanted to spend more time with his kids, so that might be an option. But just want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the Irish NFL Show, and wish you the very very best for the future. All right, thank you guys. I enjoyed it.